After experiencing the transformative power of a regular meditation practice, it's natural to feel inspired to share this gift and guide others on their own journey of discovery through meditation. Join Buddhist teacher David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell, comedian and creator of the Netflix animated series The Midnight Gospel, for a free online event on Tuesday, May 7th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. They'll discuss the profound practices of mindfulness Dharma Moon's renowned Mindfulness Meditation Teacher Training Program. Get certified by Dharma Moon to teach meditation, lead group practice sessions, and work with individual students. Visit dharmamoon.com slash beherenow for more info and to reserve your spot for the free online event with David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you like to get off your chest? Are you holding on to secrets, fears, or frustrations? We all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Don't keep it all bottled up inside. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and work through whatever is weighing you down. It's also a great way to learn to resolve conflict, change negative thought patterns, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash BeHereNow today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash BeHereNow. Welcome to Living with Reality, a podcast featuring archive teachings and modern conversations with Dr. Robert Svoboda, brought to you by the Be Here Now Network. Living with Reality explores Ayurveda and other wisdom traditions of India, which Dr. Svoboda has been studying for nearly 50 years. For more information, please visit BeHereNowNetwork.com slash Dr. Svoboda. That's D-R-S-V-O-B-O-D-A. Welcome to the Living with Reality podcast. I'm Paula Crossfield, your host and Dr. Sabota's media manager. This week, we have a clip of Dr. Sabota talking about why Ayurveda is so helpful to us right now, specifically with all that's going on in the world around protests, change in our social sphere, and also the coronavirus. Before we jump in, I just wanted to remind you to follow Dr. Svoboda on social media. At Instagram, he is at Dr. Robert Svoboda. Same on Facebook. And of course, you can always sign up for our newsletter to find out more about our offerings. We hope you enjoy this clip. Greetings. I'm uh, Dr. Robert. And uh, my topic for today is Ayurveda and how it can help us today. Ayurveda is, of course, a medical system whose origins are thousands of years old, though in the form that it is taught and practiced today, it dates from more like 2,000 or 2,500 years ago. And it has been evolving ever since. But the reason why it was recreated recast um, about 
2,000, 2,500 years ago, was because, starting about 3,000 years ago, people became seriously interested in living in cities and towns. There had been cities and towns before then, but they had never been as important to society, never been as widespread as they started to be about 3,000 years ago. And, of course, there is a lot of benefit to urban life. That's why we have urban life. It's beneficial because people can communicate with one another. They can cooperate better if they're living near to one another. And, of course, cooperation is how humans have been able to dominate the world so dramatically. Um, we're not very impressive animals. Um, we don't have any uh, claws or fangs, and um, our sense organs are fairly weak compared to other animals. What we do have is the ability to cooperate. And when people started living together, they found that it was easier to cooperate. But it's if it's easier for humans to cooperate, it's easier for other forms of life, like bacteria, to cooperate also. And so, at the same time that you had people living together and cooperating to build cities and empires, at the same time you had bacteria and uh, viruses and other things starting to evolve and become comfortable living among humans also in ways that were less um, feasible for those microbes um, when we were mostly um, on the road nomadically as hunter-gatherers. Um, even in the early days of um, agriculture, um, people tended to be more or less on their own. Uh, in small um, groups, in groups that uh, of people who were able to know and interact with one another, clan groups, um, extended family groups. And there's a good reason for this. Um, and that is that the human species um, is limited in the number of people that it can actively cooperate with in the sense of really personally knowing. Um, and that group is limited to about 150, which is um, the, the size of, of many traditional villages. It's that you can know everyone in your village. You may like them or not like them, but you can know them if um, it, the number of people limited um, living in that village is limited to about 150. Um, and 
when we start getting to have much more than 150, then we start to find that um, people are not um, relating to themselves in quite the same way. Um, we find that they're not having personal relations so much as relations of one group to another group. And of course, as urbanization has happened further, this has become more dramatic. And we've got to a point now where um, more than 50% of the people on Earth live in urban environments, in cities and towns. And um, the point where we have almost 50 megacities, cities with 10 million or more inhabitants. So that means somewhere 10 to 15 percent of the people on Earth live in a megacity, in a gigantic city. And gigantic cities are useful in the sense that um, when you have that many people together, you can collaborate to do all kinds of things. But it's also a big problem when you have that many people together if a pathogen should strike as has happened this very year with COVID-19. Um, because then it's very easy to have that pathogen um, spread in all directions. So this is something that, of course, has been happening in urban populations um, for thousands of years. Plagues of all types have, um, have destroyed um, cities and uh, weakened countries and um, influenced the course of human events in many ways. And Ayurveda focuses on individuals, but it also addresses the question of epidemics. And um, it emphasizes that there comes a time in um, in the, the life of a human society that um, events will be moving in the direction that will encourage some sort of epidemic or pandemic to occur. And that um, when this happens, it's good to, first of all, be aware that it's going to happen before it happens to try to prepare. And people have been talking about the possibility for pandemics for quite a while. There have been pandemics in the past, the flu pandemic of 1916 to 18, the Hong Kong flu about 50 years ago, and uh, now this pandemic. And um, so often um, it's the case that a really serious pandemic happens after everyone who has been affected by the previous one is either dead or very old. So people no longer concern themselves with the fact that such a dramatic event could occur.
um, until it actually occurs again, as it has now, and had a strong effect on everyone. So, the essential thing to remember during a pandemic is that um, it is affecting everyone. In the case of this pandemic, it's infecting the in affecting and infecting the entire species. It's affecting everyone on Earth. And um, this is very much because people have neglected to understand that the problem that we as human beings face is not a problem of microbes. There are, without doubt, microbes that are very damaging. There are, without doubt, occasions when antibiotics are essential. But we have been overusing antibiotics for many decades now. And as a result, we have disturbed our own internal microbiomes and we have disturbed the microbiome of the entire environment in which we live. And so it is not surprising that occasionally, because of this imbalance, that um, a pathogen should arise that um, causes um, a pandemic. Because what we've done is to create the conditions in which that pandemic can occur. And if we want to address that pandemic, and especially uh, if we want to address it in the context of th other things that it has been bringing up that have to be addressed, then we have to be able to look at things very clearly. Um, the Black Lives Matter movement has come to uh, acute attention during this period. It was a focus of attention before, but it has caught the attention of many, many more people around the world now. And I think possibly because during this pandemic, everyone is looking at things differently. And that's what the urgent need of the time is. And that's always the urgent need whenever there is a pandemic, says Ayurveda. The need is to go back to evaluate in what way you have been failing to align yourself properly with reality. Um, and so we've been mistreating the environment, mistreating our bodies. We've been eating foods and performing activities that promote inflammation. And inflammation, according to Ayurveda, is the fundamental disease. The fundamental disease is inflammation. We need inflammation. We have to have inflammation when the body is attacked by something because that's the way that the body employs to get rid of that thing, usually a microbe, that is trying to attack it. But 
in the same way that even if we require um, a military force in our country, we may not want the military force to run the country. Um, in that same way, we want the immune system to be available to us when we need it, but we don't want it to run the entire organism because when it does, it is becomes overactive. It becomes uh, interested in attacking but without trying to um, address the, any any situation in a more potential uh, more potentially beneficial and less damaging way. So Ayurveda says, at a time when there is a pandemic, this is particularly the time to go back to what is the basic principles of dealing with health and well-being. And the most basic of all those basic principles is equanimity. Equanimity of the body, equanimity of the mind, equanimity of the spirit. Equanimity of the body means to make all parts of the organism, all the systems in your body, to make those systems balanced in within themselves and, again, in the context of all the other systems in the organism. Um, we have to understand that if you are overusing your nervous system or you're overusing your endocrine system or you're overusing your circulatory system, whenever you're trying to rely on one system to manage everything because that's maybe a system you're more familiar with or one that you've got into the habit of using, what that's going to do is cause an imbalance with all the other systems and that imbalance eventually, whether you like it or not, is going to cause a problem. When you suppress African Americans for centuries, you bring them over here in servitude, they're treated like um, worse than um, domesticated animals, and then they are, after even after they're freed from slavery, they are continued to suppression continues. Um, that can't go. That can't go on indefinitely. There comes a point, and we have now reached that point where um, that can't go on. And that is creating an upheaval in society. And that upheaval in society is similar to what happens when there is a disease in an organism. It has to manifest. And then equanimity has to return. We have to find a way so that everyone in society is treated, is treated equally. Every, there, there has to be and equality doesn't mean everybody is exactly the same, but that does mean everyone is um, treated the same. Everyone is similarly respected. So all of the systems in your organism have to respect one another. If, for example, you are, um, if you're relying too much on your adrenal glands and you're 
you're focusing always of being in that fight or flight mode where you're where you're uh, on edge all the time and you regard that as being very efficient and that you can get more things done in that mode eventually you're going to exhaust those adrenals and then where will you be or possibly those adrenals will cause you to have a circulatory disease a coronary experience and that could have a terminal outcome for you. So anytime you overemphasize or underemphasize, anytime you overstimulate or you suppress one system in your organism or in your culture or in your community, your society, you're, you're setting yourself up for some kind of problem. And if this is done widely enough in a society, then you will have a pandemic. So Ayurveda says, go back to basics. And basics are bring yourself into better alignment in every possible way. Bring yourself into better alignment with yourself, with your family, with your neighbors, with the people in your, your part of society, with everyone in your um, neighborhood, your city, your state. Bring yourself as best you can into an alignment with everything. Because if you were in a pandemic, if there is a dramatic um, uh, expression of despair in one part of society, that's a dramatic indication of just how uh, the pathology has penetrated into that society. Whether it's the internal society of an individual or the external society of a culture. When it is, after all, you as an individual, you have to remember the things, if you want to create equanimity, if you want to create balance, you have to remember the things that create those uh, qualities in yourself. And that is to live a um, balanced, but also a, um, a regulated life, not a regimented life where you are uh, completely um, uh, constricted and rigid about your practices, but where you have habits that benefit you rather than habits that um, damage you. So those habits that benefit you are very simple but they're habits that should be employed as close to um, the time that you wake up as possible so that you can imprint on your awareness during the entire day the things that are useful for you to remember that entire day. And the most important thing is to remain calm. So... A really good thing to do even before you get out of bed is just to breathe calmly. If possible, do alternate nostril breathing for 5 or 10 or better yet, 15 minutes. Just align yourself with the day before you jump out of bed and rush and drink a quadruple espresso or anything. Lie in bed for at least 5 or 10 minutes after you wake up. Be thankful that you're alive. Be grateful for everything that you've given. F 
project that you're going to address everything that will come in your direction during the day in a calm way. And then after you get up, do some kind of energy circulation, yoga, tai chi, qigong, exercise preferably. Maybe you can't do it in the morning if you don't have enough time. Then do some during the other some other part of the day. Um, clean all of your sense organs. Scrape your tongue. Clean out your eyes and ears and nose. Check your tongue to make sure that it is not heavily coated. If it is heavily coated, that means that you have ama, undigested material still in your digestive tract. And that means you, if you want to be healthy, you should not eat anything for several hours. You can drink hot water or uh, weak ginger tea, but something to, uh, you should always allow all that undigested food to first be digested, let your tongue clear up, and then start putting something else on top of it. Otherwise, you will put food on top of that undigested food. Probably the new food will be undigested also, and you will be making the situation even worse than it was before. So, um, there are quite a number of rules in the, um, in the system that is known uh, in Ayurveda as dinacharya, ritucharya, the daily and the seasonal routines. And these routines are important because you, these are the things you want to make into habits. And um, habitual behavior is natural to human beings. We all have habits. If you've ever driven a car, you're driving a car out of habit. This is why people can also text, um, which they should not be doing, but that's why they can do it. They can do it because they have created muscle memory to do the driving of the car. They don't have to think about it anymore. So this allows them to think about something else when, in fact, they should be thinking about what's happening in front of them on the road. This allows them to think about something else. because they don't have to think about it. So we want you to create habits for yourself that are good habits, that allow you to do other things, and you've simply uh, used your habits to do the basis, the basics of what you need to do to remain healthy. Um, and you do that as soon as possible during the day. You get them out of the way that allows you the rest of the day um, to do all kinds of other stuff. But because you have started off the day with these good habits, you have created momentum in your awareness that there is going to be um, an expectation in in your organism that just as you've been able to do these things, which were your habits, which you now know how to do, which you succeeded at, which, which have made your organism feel better, that there isn't, that's going to create an expectation in your organism that whatever happens, you're going to be able to deal with it. Now, obviously, there's some things that are a lot more difficult to deal with than others. But still, if you have a certain degree of confidence, not foolhardiness, not overconfidence, but you have a certain degree of confidence 
that whatever comes your way during the day you will be able to deal with, then of course it makes it more likely that you will be able to deal with it. And part of the way to go about generating that momentum of confidence is to have a daily routine that is causing your prana, your life force, to circulate better. And that itself creates confidence in your tissues because your tissues have to have that life force in order to feel um, confident and in order to feel um, uh, enthusiastic, to feel well-fed. If your tissues are not getting sufficient prawn life force, if they're not getting enough blood, um, then then those tissues are going to feel anxious because they will sense that they may not be getting the nutrients that they require. If your tissues feel anxious, there's um, uh, going to be anxiety in your nervous system, and that anxiety is going to be transmitted to your awareness, to your personality. So if you get up and start milling around and start worrying about what's going to happen during the day, that worry and that failure to do good things is going to put you on the bad direction and it's going to create some momentum for you to move in the direction of being anxious or angry or reactive instead of proactive. So for us to be healthy, We need to be proactive. We need to have a clear idea of what it means to be healthy. We need to move forward in the direction of being healthy. Um, And we need to do this on a daily basis. So, yes, Ayurveda is a uh, valuable medical system that has good treatments for various conditions. But even more than that, it's a way of looking at reality looking at reality and trying to understand the best way for us to align with that reality. As my mentor, the Aguri Vimalananda, used to say, it is always better to live with reality because if you don't, you can be sure that reality will come to live with you. Um, And that's where we are right now in the world. The reality of COVID has come to live with us. We have been mistreating the environment, mistreating all the other species in the world, mistreating one another. Uh, We've been doing all sorts of very naughty things. And the environment has said um, there is now, we've now come to a point where there is no more equilibrium. And because of this, um, this this new, this virus has um, showed up and it is now attacking everyone. And this, you need to understand that this is not going to be the only pandemic that happens unless you change your ways, unless you start living in a different way. So the nature is speaking to the entire species and explaining that this is the situation. And in the United States, where slavery was written into the Constitution, the uh Society is now saying we cannot uh, tolerate any longer 
having uh, an entire uh, subset of our population be mistreated. This will not do. So there always comes a point when you are doing things to actively promote imbalance that um, a pathology is going to occur, an uprising is going to occur, a pandemic is going to occur. We're at that point right now. So each one of us um, is going to be benefited by each one of us creating a healthy pattern of behavior for each, uh, that we follow habitually every day. And that is going to assist, perhaps just in a teeny tiny way, but if enough people do it, that will become a much bigger influence. It's going to assist everyone in the environment, all human beings, to be moving, even if very slightly, in the right direction. So it's everyone's responsibility to do what they can do to improve the situation. But charity begins at home, and the best way to improve things is by looking very carefully at yourself and doing what you can do to improve your own health, mental, physical, spiritual, moral, improve your own relationship with the environment and every part of the environment, improve your own relationship to the supreme reality. Om Namah Shivaya. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you like to get off your chest? Are you holding on to secrets, fears, or frustrations? We all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Don't keep it all bottled up inside. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and work through whatever is weighing you down. It's also a great way to learn to resolve conflict, change negative thought patterns, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Be Here Now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Be Here Now.